service. If you have a problem with it, you're going to have to take it up with Martin Luther. We do something at our church called Dead Preacher Society, where we will preach an old sermon from the past. These are Martin Luther's, this is his last sermon in the city of Eisleben, made right before he died. I think he died four days later. I think of a heart attack. But this was his text, was Matthew eleven twenty five through 30, which was just read to you. So let me preach Martin Luther's last sermon to you. You will find it timely, and I think you will find it refreshing. Let me begin. This is a fine gospel. now? <laughs> this is a fine gospel and has a lot in it. Let us talk about part of it now, covering as much as we can and as God gives us grace. The Lord here praises and extols His Heavenly Father for having hidden these things from the wise and understanding. That is, he did not make his gospel known to the wise and understanding, but to infants and children who cannot speak and preach and are not knowing and wise. Thus he indicates that he is opposed to the wise and understanding and dearly loves those who are not wise and understanding, but are rather like young children. But to the world it is very foolish and offensive that God should be opposed to the wise and condemn them, because we have the idea that God could not reign if he did not have the wise and understanding people to help him. But the meaning of the saying is this, the wise and understanding in the world contrive that God cannot be favorable and good to them for they are always exerting themselves. They do things in the Christian church the way they want it done. Everything that God does, they must improve so that there is not a poorer or a more insignificant and despised disciple on earth than God. He must be everybody's pupil. Everybody wants to be his teacher and instructor. This may be seen in all the heretics from the beginning of the world, including the early church, and now in our time too, and all fanatics and rebels. They are not satisfied with what God has done and instituted. They cannot let things be as they were ordained to be. They think they have to do something too, in order that they might be a bit better than other people and thus able to boast. This is what I have done. What God has done is too poor and insignificant. Even childish. Even. I must add something to it. This is the 
the nature of gaining the wisdom of the world, especially in a Christian church, where one bishop and one pastor hacks and snaps at another, and one obstructs and shoves the other, as we have seen at all times in the government of the church, to its great detriment. These are the real wiseacres of whom Christ is speaking here, who put the cart before the horse and will not stay on the road which God himself has shown us, but always have to have to do something special in order that the people may say of them, Ah, our pastor or preacher is nothing. There's the real man. He'll get things done. But is this behavior not a disgusting thing? And should not God grow impatient with it? Should he be so greatly pleased with these fellows who are all too smart and wise for him and are always wanting to send him back to school? As it says later in the same chapter, wisdom must be justified by her own children. Things are in a fine state indeed when the egg wants to be wiser than the hen. A fine governance it must be when the children want to rule their father and mother and the fools and simpletons, the wise people. You see, this is the reason why the wise and understanding are condemned everywhere in the Scriptures. The Pope has done the same thing. For example, when Christ established and instituted the ministry of communion so that Christians should use it to strengthen and fortify their faith, the Pope cried, no, that's not the way it should be. It must be wisely handled. For the Pope's decree says that it is good that the sacrament should be administering for the strength of the faith of Christians, but that when the priest reads the Mass for the living or the dead, it must be a sacrifice. For example, when a merchant is about to go on a journey, he should first have a Mass read for him, and then it will turn out fortunately for him. Likewise, the fact that God instituted, instituted baptism is a trifling thing to the Pope, and with him it soon became lost in impotence. In its place, the Pope created shavelings who wear cowls and tonsures. Tonsures, that shaved middle part of the head, just the way your hair. Calls them shavelings and tonsures. They are the ones who were going to save the world with their orders and monkery, so that anybody who entered such an order possessed a new and better baptism. By which not only they would save others, but the people they helped wish would be saved. That they wished to help would be saved. Such is the Pope's wisdom and understanding. So it is with our Lord God in the world. Whenever he institutes and or Whatever he institutes and ordains must not only be perverted always, but also reviled and discredited by the devil and his followers. And then the world even thinks that God should be pleased and that he must look with approval upon the fact that every fool wants to master and rule him. In worldly affairs and government, the same thing happens, as others, too, have written. Very few people are often endowed with great wisdom and understanding above ordinary people. Often God gives us a fine, 
noble, intelligent man who could serve principalities and people with wisdom and counsel. But such persons flee from the business of government, and it is hard to bring them to govern. On the other hand, however, there are those who want to be in the positions of authority and exercise power, but they have no ability. In worldly government, these are called jackanapes and wiseacres. These fellows are hated, and we are justly hostile to them. Everybody mourns the fact that we can never be safe from these fools, and they are good for nothing, and they do not, and they do nothing but put flies in the ointment. That's why the people say of them, the devil has slobbered us with fools. Aristotle observed in governments that few people are properly qualified to govern. He makes a distinction between the truly wise and understanding and others whom he calls the wise who only think they are wise and understanding. Just as we say in German, conceit keeps the dance going. Or as maybe we say in America, if you say so. They imagine that because they are in the government and are higher up, they must certainly be wise. And one such fool in leadership hinders all the others from getting on with anything at all. For he wants to be wise by force in the devil's name, and still he is a fool. Now, if in worldly affairs we rightly oppose these people who want to be wise and are not, how much more irksome for are these people whom both God and men rightly dislike? Those who want to be wise in the Holy Christian Church and are not. For these people hinder the ministry so that people cannot come to God. Such in our times are those forbidding the sharing of the Lord's Supper, who prevent and obstruct the course of the gospel and mislead the people, imagining that they alone are wise and understanding because they are in the office and governance of the church. So the Pope, too, wants to be a very wise man, indeed, the wisest of men, simply because he has a high position and claims to be head of the church, whereupon the devil so puffs up that he imagines that whatever he says and does is pure divine wisdom, and everybody must accept and obey it, and nobody should ask whether it is in God's word or not. In his big fool's book, he presumes quite shamelessly to say that if it is not, it is not likely that such an eminence, meaning himself, could err. So too the emperors, kings, and cardinals, because they sit in such high places, they too think they cannot be wrong. This is just the kind of wisdom that Caiaphas had when he was in council with the Jews. In John 11, 49-50, when he said to them, You utter fools! You don't have brains! You know nothing and understand nothing at all! Is it not better that one man should die than the whole nation should perish? This was wise and true counsel. Better kill one man than ruin the whole country. But how did his counsel turn out? It ended up being precisely the thing by which he brought it about, and the whole country had to perish and go down. This is all this is what all such wiseacres do in the Christian church 
and in secular governments. This then is what the Lord Christ is saying here. He is opposed to the wiseacres. He will not tolerate them in his Christian church, whether they be popes, emperors, kings, princes, or learned men, because they want to make themselves masters of his divine word and with their wisdom rule from on high in great matters of faith, even our salvation. We ourselves have experienced many such instances in a short time. These wiseacres have undertaken to institute agreements and reformations by which unity is to be achieved in the Christian church. And the reason they bring forward are priceless. The emperor, the kings, the princes, the lords should do this and that. Then the country and the people would be helped, and much good would be accomplished in it for the church. But it is obvious what is accomplished by these schemes and wisdom. But most of all, and for the longest time, it has been the Pope and the Cardinals who have promoted this kind of wisdom and understanding and wanted to be God's master and rule the church and the world themselves. But this God will not tolerate. He has no intention of being a pupil. They are to be the pupils. He is the eternal wisdom, and he knows very well what he wishes to do or not to do. They think that because they sit at the top of the government, they are the wisest, that they see more deeply into the scriptures than other people do. Therefore, God brings them to terrible destruction, for he will not and cannot, nor should he, tolerate this. And so he brings it to pass that the gospel remains hidden. It remains hidden from the high and the wise, and he rules his church. He rules it quite differently from what they think and understand. Even though they imagine they know and understand everything, because they are in the government and that God could not possibly get along without their counsel and rule. It sounds almost as if when Christ spoke these words, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, that we were spoken, that they were spoken with ill will. And yet there is no ill or hatred in Christ's heart. For since he gave himself body and life for us. How can there be any ill will there? But his annoyance and displeasure comes from the fact that these miserable, foolish people presume to become masters of the divine majesty. This he cannot and should not tolerate, and all devout hearts thank him for it. For otherwise there would be no end of their supposed wisdom and mastery. The devil so rides these people that all they want from the Holy Scriptures and God's Word is a big name and their own praise and honor, and they want to be more than other people. But here we ought to say, Dear Heavenly Father, you speak. I am willing to be a fool and a child and to be silent. For if I were to rule with my own understanding, wisdom and reason, I would long have gone off the rails, and the ship would long since have been wrecked. Therefore, dear God, perform your rule and guide it yourself. I will gladly put out my eyes 
and my reason beside, and let you alone rule through your word. But this cannot be achieved with the world. The separatists rise up and at the very least seek nothing else except to gain great honor among the people so that people will say of them, there is the right man, he'll do it. And with this praise, they also want to strut and tickle their own vanity. This you have done. This is your work. You are the first great man, a real master. But these accomplishments aren't even worth throwing to the dogs. For right preachers should diligently and faithfully teach only the word of God and seek only his honor and praise. Likewise, the hearers also should say, I do not believe in my pastor, but he tells me of another Lord whose name is Christ. He shows him to me. I will listen to him insofar as he leads me to the true teacher and master, God's son. Then things would be right in the church. It would be well governed and there would be harmony all around. Otherwise, there will be the same displeasure as there is in a secular government. A city council will not tolerate a fool who frequently gets the whole town into confusion, but they will cast him out, and the whole country is glad about it. The same thing should happen here in the Christian church. Nothing else should be preached or taught except the Son of God alone. Of Him alone it is said, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And it is said of no other. It's not said of an emperor. It's not said of a pope. not said of a cardinal. Therefore, this is what we say. I grant that emperor, pope, cardinals, princes, and nobles are wise and understanding. But I shall believe in Christ. He is my Lord. He is the one God, he is the one God bids me to listen to. From Him He bids me to learn what real, divine, wisdom and understanding is. But it's right here that the Pope and those who follow him cry out, no, 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 this you should not do. You should be obedient to the governing authorities and do what they tell you. Yes, I reply, this I should do. But first, you become one with the Lord who here says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. Therefore, dear Pope, Emperor, King, Prince, and Lord, do not continue in this way. I will gladly listen to you insofar as secular government is concerned, but when you presume to be master in the church and claim power to determine what I should believe and do, I will not accept. For when you are claiming to be wise and understanding at the point where you are a fool and nothing has been revealed to you. For here is the Lord, who is the only one who we ought to hear in these matters, as he himself says, No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That is, to the childlike and simple, who consider themselves neither wise 
nor understanding, but rather hear and accept His Word. So if it is His Word you hold up to me in command, I shall gladly accept it, even though it be spoken by a little child or even the ass that spoke to Balaam. Here I will make no distinction between the persons who speak, whether they be wise men or fools, for it has been decided and commanded. All things have been delivered to me. Jesus alone is the man who should teach and rule. Despite all the wise and understanding, they should allow their eyes to be, to be blinded for and their reason too. For our wisdom and understanding in divine things is the eye which the devil opened in paradise. When Adam and Eve too wanted to be wise in the devil's name, God himself taught them and gave them his word which they were to adhere to if they really wanted to be wise. Then came the devil and made improvements. He closed the eyes with which they had previously seen God and not seen the devil. This is the plague which still continues to cling to us that we want to be wise and understanding in the devil's name. But to combat this, we must learn what this means. All things have been delivered to me. In other words, I must rule, teach, counsel, give orders, and command my church, says Jesus. And when he said that, Christ openly confessed that he is true God. For no angel nor any other creature can say that all things have been delivered to him. It is true that the devil once tried to seat himself on the throne and be like God, but he was soon flung out of heaven for it. Therefore, Christ says, all things have been delivered to me. That is, to me and to me you must be obedient. If you have my word, then stick to it and pay no attention to anybody who teaches and commands you differently. I will rule, protect, and save you well. Let the Pope, Emperor, the Mighty, and the Learned be wise, but don't you follow them, even though they were a thousand times wiser than they are. Don't you even do what an angel in heaven wouldn't do. Take over the sovereignty and power and of being wise yourself and exercising power and rule in God's government. And yet, these poor miserable people, the Pope, Emperor, Kings, and all separatists do not hesitate to assign this to themselves. But God has set His Son at His right hand and said in Psalm 2-7, You are My Son. I have made the whole world and all nations Your possession. Hear Him, you kings and lords. If you would be wise, do homage to Him as your Lord. And know that what he says to you, I am saying to you. This we Christians should learn and acknowledge, even though the world does not want to. And we should be grateful to God that he has so richly blessed 
in times past we would have run to the ends of the world if we had known a place where we could have heard God speak. But now that we hear this every day in sermons, indeed, now all the books are full of it, we do not see it happening. You hear His Word at home, in your own house. Father and mother and children sing and speak of it. The preacher even speaks of it in the church. You ought to lift up your hands and rejoice that we have been given the honor of hearing God speaking to us through His Word. Oh, but people say, what is that? After all, there is preaching every day. Often many times every day. So we actually kind of grow weary of it. What do we get out of it? Alright, go ahead, dear brother. If you don't want God to speak to you every day at home, in your house, and in your church, then be wise and look for something else. Look for it in the relics. In Tyre, that was a city, in Tyre they have the Lord God's coat. In Achan, there are Joseph's pants and Mary's underwear. Go there, squander your money, buy an indulgence at the Pope's secondhand junk store. These are the valuable things. Have you to go so far? Spend, spend your money. Leave your house standing idle. But aren't we stupid and crazy? Yes, blinded and possessed by the devil. There sits the decoy duck in Rome with his bag of tricks, luring to himself the, the whole world with its money and goods. And with all the while, anybody can go to baptism, the Lord's table, the pulpit. How highly honored and richly blessed we are to know that God speaks with us and feeds us with His Word, gives us baptism, communion, forgiveness of sins, But these barbarous, godless people say, what? Baptism, communion, God's Word? Joseph's pants. That's what does it. It is the devil in the world who makes the rulers of this world, the emperor and the kings, oblivious to such things and causes them to allow themselves to be so grossly duped and fooled and be spattered with filth by these first-class rascals and liars, the Pope and his tortured shavelings. But we should listen to God's Word, which tells us He is our schoolmaster, and have nothing to do with Joseph's pants or the Pope's juggling tricks. This is the first point in the Gospel, that Christ and God the Father Himself are opposed to the wise and understanding, for they vex Him greatly. They mangle the Lord's table, 
and the church and set themselves up in God's place and want themselves to be masters. To such, all the angels in heaven and all Christians are opposed, and we should say to them, If you want to teach Christ to me, I shall gladly listen to you. Otherwise not. Not even if you were an angel from heaven, as Paul says in Galatians 1.8, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one preached to you, let him be accursed. When, therefore, the great lords, the emperor, popes, cardinals, and bishops are hostile and wrathful towards us because of all of this, and excommunicate us and would gladly burn and murder us all, we must suffer it and say, we did not start this on account of the Pope, the bishops, and the princes, nor shall we stop it on account of them. Christ says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And it is as if he were saying, just stick to me. Hold on to my word and let everything else go. If you are burned and beheaded for it, then have patience. I will make it so sweet for you that you will easily be able to bear it. It has been said and written of St. Agnes that when she was led to prison to be killed, she went as if she were going to a dance. Where did she get this? Only from Christ. From believing the saying, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is to say, if things go badly, I will give you the courage even to laugh about it. And even though you walk on fiery coals, the torment shall nevertheless not be so severe, and the devil shall nevertheless not be so bad, and you will rather feel like you are walking on roses. I give you the heart to laugh, even though Turk, Pope, Emperor, and everybody else be filled with horrible wrath and rage. Only come to me. And if you are facing oppression, death, torture because of the Pope, the Turk, Emperor are attacking you, do not be afraid. It will not be heavy for you, but light and easy to bear. For I give you my spirit so that the burden which for the world would be unbearable becomes for you a light burden for when you suffer for my sake it is my yoke and my burden which I lay upon you in grace that you may know that what you are suffering is well pleasing to God and to me that I myself am helping you to carry it and giving you power and strength to do so. So also says Psalm 31, 24, and Psalm 27, 14, let your heart take courage, all of you who wait on the Lord. In other words, all of you who suffer for His sake. Let them, let therefore misfortune, sin, death, and whatever the devil and the world loads upon you, assail and assault you. 
if you only remain confident and undismayed, waiting upon the Lord in faith, you have already won. You have already escaped death. You have already far surpassed the devil and the world. This passage then means that the wise of this world are rejected. That we may learn not to think of ourselves as wise and to put away from our eyes all great persons. Indeed, to shut our eyes altogether and cling only to Christ. Only to Christ's Word and to come to Him as He so lovingly invites us to do and say, You alone are my beloved Lord and Master. I am your disciple. There is much more that might be said concerning this Gospel. But I am too weak and we shall let it go at that. So let's read the passage one more time and then close prayer. Starting verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can either go to the Lord or you can go to Joseph's camp. What in your life is Joseph's pants? What do we run to besides the Lord himself who offers such a yoke to us? Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for these last words from Martin Luther. Just such an interesting uh, man, but again, as he even said in the sermon, he is not great. He simply was a sign. He was just a man that pointed a finger towards your son, just directing people towards the gospel, directing people towards the one who can save their soul, who delivers them from evil, delivers them from sin, delivers them from the threats of this world, delivers us ultimately from death. We believe that we will be raised again. We believe in the resurrection because Christ was raised again. We do pray that we would repent of all the things that we turn to, all the things that we trust rather than your son. It is as silly as believing that looking on a pair of dead man's pants somehow pleases you. Open our eyes to the silliness of our vain religion that we invent to try and come to you. And let us only come to Christ. May he receive glory today. We pray all these things in his name. Amen.